Grace, peace, and mercy from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I noticed this week that most of my sermon titles are questions. I don't know if you've noticed that before. All of a sudden I realized when I put together the question for my sermon, I, 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 I seem to put that as the title. What am I trying to do? Where do I see the Holy Spirit leading me in today's message? And I did it again. How far out do you make plans? And I don't know if any of you uh, get here and look and say, all right, what's the question for today? What's Bash Pop going to talk about? Or you read the, the uh, sermon text for the day, which, of course, we've got Old Testament for these four Sundays in uh, Advent. You look at Isaiah and you start to ask yourself that question. And, of course, I led the children there planning. I always love asking the children questions. Makes parents nervous, just like I was. You get your turn. How far out do you make plans? You know, I thought about that in myself. If you were to look at your calendar, how far out do you have things in your calendar? Next summer, the following summer. I know that I uh, was trying to look to see if we could do another one of those EO tours. I still want to do Paul's fourth missionary journey. And I was looking at the summer of 2024. Would they let me do it in the summer? I, I know they love fall tours. Um, trying to plan out. Year and a half, right? But maybe if that keeps up, Teresa, we could go to this one too. I don't know what's going on. Time for a new mic, I guess. I also was looking at uh, this Friday. I sat down with one of my former students who wants to get married next November 18th. Now, if you've planned a wedding, guess what? Everybody says they need a year. And then six months later, they're like, why did I put it out so far? Right? At least that's what my wife said. We plan things out. We look to the future. I've got one for you. I think some of you out there have probably considered, how about retirement? You start planning that out. At what age? 50, 40, 30, if you're smart. You start to look ahead. How much time, how long do we have enough? How far out do we make plans? Well, during the second Sunday in Advent, we look at the Old Testament reading in light of living over 2,000 years later. We explore this plan, purpose, and the results. God's plan for us. And I want to look at it as a 700-year plan right now. Isaiah that we're reading today was roughly about 700 years before the coming Messiah. And God was already explaining what the plan was. And that's what we read. That's what Ted read in Isaiah 11, today's Old Testament reading, what that plan looks like. Okay, so we start with verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. Isaiah knew it was going to be a low time in the line of David, and that's exactly what was happening before Jesus came. It was put out there. And I, some of you have probably, if you've been around a long time or heard me talk, have heard me talk about the 332 Old Testament prophecies. Um, I love the way Ryan Dobson in his book just explains it. And I'll save that for Bible class. There's your first teaser. Come to Bible class today. Uh, we're going to talk more about what the math is. 
But we know many, many, many places in the Old Testament made predictions that all came true. Every single one of them. Whether you want to, how you want to break them down, some say 336, some say 330. A lot of promises and a lot of prophecies were put in the Old Testament. Every single one came true. So I just picked out two of many to talk about today. First was Isaiah 7:14. A virgin will give birth. Check. Mary was certainly picked. And the second one from Micah 5:2 that he would be born in Bethlehem. Check. And to look at all of them, it's pretty amazing. I was thinking specifically for Jesus' birth here, the number of times God uses angels to Elizabeth to Mary, to Joseph, to the shepherds. This was an unbelievable plan. And God started planning for it because of the fall. Because we needed a Savior. Again, I go back to one of those moments in seminary classes where, where uh, I got my hand slapped. You know, They said the question, how were people saved in the Old Testament? Well, Following the law, right? They had all the laws, they had to follow the law. My professor said, no, the promise of a savior, it was still Jesus. He just wasn't there yet. Okay, I'm sorry. They were pointing to Jesus. The entire Old Testament points to Jesus. It was still about the savior, even though he wasn't there yet. It wasn't about following the law. It was about a promise of the coming Messiah. It was the covenants we see set forth over and over. I am your God, you are my people. Now, if some of these 332, some of the 332 prophecies actually talk about the peace and harmony predicted. Peace and harmony. Just walk around the uh, earth, you feel the peace and harmony, right? <laughs> Not quite. I always love it. My wife and I are always like, you want to go look at the lights on Gervin? Let's go look. There's nothing peaceful about looking at the lights on Gervin. Maybe if you go early enough, before the crowds come. It's beautiful. It's not peaceful. But we do know peace and harmony is predicted. And it's verses 6 through 9. I want to just reread these real quick. doesn't get much more peaceful than this. The wolf shall lie down with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion, and the fattened calf together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, and their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den, and they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. <laughs> Sheep and wolves, cows and bears, child and cobra, Peace and harmony. Mr. Limer, have you seen anything like this in all of science in the last 2,000 years? No. No, he keeps his snakes well caged away from our children. It's okay. Because we're not going to let a child put their hand in there saying, it's okay, Isaiah said. <laughs> Peace and harmony does come. I want to read Romans 5.1. Therefore, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified by faith. 
Jesus has done the works. Where does that peace and harmony come? And again, I used to always point people to heaven. Peace doesn't come until heaven. But then I realized, and it dawned on me, how much more peaceful the lives of a Christian is, again, having purpose, knowing who we are. I, 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 saw, I, I think I told you, I, I said it in the eighth grade religion class the other day, when you know who you are, whose you are, and what your purpose is, how much different are their lives than kids who are still trying to figure out what their purpose is and they think it's getting popular, getting rich, getting well-known, having the best TikToks, right? But how about for you guys? Do you notice a difference as brothers and sisters in Christ living on this earth, knowing where your final resting spot is, knowing how the Lord has blessed you, knowing the gifts you have for a purpose? Does it feel different than people who are still clueless? Do you stand out or do they stand out when you're with brothers, sisters in Christ? Do you feel that divide and that difference and what can we do? Hopefully there is a sense of peace and harmony in your lives because the Lord is still in charge of your life. Nothing that happens can take away what you know to be true in the end. That's peace and harmony. It's our job to desire to grow and learn and serve. I don't want you to think it's all good, we're done. That desire to grow in that relationship with the Lord. We started asking new member classes not too long ago, you know, what can Pastor Jeff and I do to help you in your walk with the Lord? But we can ask every one of you that. You're here for a reason. You want to grow in your relationship with the Lord. You want to be fed. You want to receive forgiveness sins. You want to receive the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's all wonderful. How do we continue to grow in that relationship with the Lord? Recently, I met with our young adults, these 18 to 25-year-olds, and I, I asked them what they need. And the first thing they said is, we want to be in the study together. They talked about what book of the Bible they want to study. They started Wednesday. It was like, wow. I did not want to do that as a 22-year-old. To grow in that relationship. That brings us to verse 10. The final part. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. We go from the stump of Jesse in verse 1 to the root of Jesse. Again, the stump of Jesse, this idea of the line being dormant, of a tough time in that line of David, and yet what shoots out? I think it goes back to this picture. I love this picture. This idea of a stump and a tree growing out with Isaiah 11 behind it. I thought somebody was really creative. I hope that wasn't copyrighted because I used it. God's plan for salvation. First, we read that first part. The root of Jesse shall stand as a signal for all the peoples. Did Jesus' death and resurrection signal all people? Go back to 2,000 years ago. Jesus died and rose again. Did that signal all people this is the Messiah? Unfortunately not. 
And that's exactly what Peter and Paul and all the others of the way were trying to do. Is point out to people, this is the way. I love that they were called the way. This is the signal. This is what happened. This is what Jesus just did. You might not have seen it while I was here, but know this now. <laughs> it reminds me all the time of that Hans and Franz line, you know. Hear me now and understand me later, right? Jesus was the purpose. And that last part, of him shall the nations inquire and his resting place shall be glorious. I don't want you to just sit around and imagine heaven, but you can't take time to think about that. Obviously, the Lord has us all here for a reason. Sometimes when I go into homes of, of shut-ins or people in hospice care and people who are frustrated and they're, they're asking me, why, why am I still here? And, and, well, your grandkids love you. Well, there's still things to do. Ask God. You're obviously still here for a reason. But boy, it sure is wonderful knowing where that resting place is. That God points very clearly. It's glorious. I mentioned a couple weeks ago about the questioning. Everybody's questioning. The question is, what are you coming to as a result? Trying to figure out purpose, right? One of the things I've done recently when people have come to me and they said, I'm, I'm just not sure. I just want to know for sure that I'm going to heaven. I, I feel like I, I, you know, I'm in trouble. I always ask them the same thing. Did you deny Jesus Christ? And I ask that way on purpose. So they go, no, no, I didn't then stop it. You're going to heaven. You know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He does not will be condemned. If you deny Jesus Christ, you're in trouble. And we'll talk. Otherwise, stop denying or stop doubting and know. That's it. Again, our desire to grow and learn and serve comes through the Holy Spirit. Comes from acknowledging our baptism comes from being reminded. When we make that sign of the cross in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are a saved child of God by the waters of baptism. And unless you deny Jesus Christ, you're saved. You're going to heaven. Quit giving the devil a foothold into your brain. We can be assured. We can remember the plan has been set for a long, long time. It was executed perfectly. We are on this side of the cross. I was talking about how lucky we are being on this side of the cross. Can't imagine being there before Jesus, having this promise, but not knowing, going through the suffering, whether it was through the judges, whether it was through the kings. Praise be God, we're here. We know it. We've seen it. We believe it. We get the pleasure of sharing it. And you know the easiest time to share it? When we... We're going to remember his, his birthday, and everybody's going to do it. Everybody's going to, we're going to hear Christ's name more in the next month than we probably do the rest of the year. Merry Christmas. Jesus came to the world with a purpose. It was a plan. It was for you and I to know we can spend eternity with him. Praise be to God. As sinners living in a sinful world, trying to understand it all with our sinful mind, it is easy to start asking questions and trying to justify why things are the way they are. But before we spend most of our time trying to understand it all, let us make sure to take the time to be thankful for all the Lord has done and assured of his plan, his purpose, 
and our final resting place, the ultimate result. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Amen.